Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. I can honestly tell you this, and I'm excited today. Um, I've been waiting for this day for four years. Uh, Today we've got a very special guest speaker uh, that's going to speak a great word to us today as a church. Um, It was about 20 years ago that God started to whisper into the hearts of a few families at Wilmington First Assembly of God that it was God's heart to uh, plant the church here in the Hokesson area. So this small group, this guerrilla group, guerrilla warfare group of four families, they started out, they started to pray. Actually, for about a year and a half, they prayed for God's plans and his purposes to be established in this community. After prayer and strategic uh, planning, they held their first service October the 18th, 2005, and Trinity Community Church was born. Today, 18 years later, God continues to amaze us with his faithfulness and his goodness. It's my privilege today to introduce to you our founding pastor, Trinity Community Church, Steve Trader. Steve and Barb, come on and join us. Let's make them feel welcome. We, we don't, so uh, in the Greek, uh, you know, way of things, we never come empty-handed. Greeks never do that. So we thought in honor of this day, the most fitting thing we can get, Steve, was a rock. Because that's a mighty gift. Now, if it was a piece of gold, that'd be great. The reason it's a rock, we, we prayed about this and we talked about this, is because uh, this is a foundational stone on our property. God's purposes have been used at this property for a very, very long time. And God continues to do what he wants to do. And, and, and we honor you today, Steve, as a foundational piece, both of you, for what God has done in the past and what he's going to continue to do in the future. I'm going to hand you this rock, and you get to keep it this time. And then, Barb, we've got some flowers for you, too, because we understand that you do what you do together. So, again, let's make them feel welcome again. And then, Pastor Steve Traven. Well, thank you. Pastor TJ and Robin, um, it was very heavy in the first service just to see all this come together. It's just as heavy in a good way now. Um, praise God for the privilege of being here. Um, praise God for what he continues to do. It is an honor to be a part of this. And I'm going to do something that I hadn't thought about, but I'm going um, to ask you to stand. And I want to pray over TJ and Robin because I thank God for them. I thank God that they are, um, that they were called to this church, that they said yes, that the leadership of this church and them have come together and done such an amazing thing in just over four years. I, I prayed alongside of those as Pastor TJ and Robin were praying about coming here. I, I was quite disturbed at the whole Pittsburgh Steeler thing, but you know, we can pray for healing, and uh, we've seen other people come here with these delusions, and they've been healed too. But, um, but no, that we've had such a friendship since everything, since the transition, and and God has been such a, a part of this transition, and it's one. You know, we've all had 
roles in life and jobs where someone's come after us. I feel like I'm home. And I feel like this incredible servant leader that God's called now to lead this church is just continuing to take it to, to higher and higher levels. Um, so I know Robin probably had to go back with the kids. Maybe. She might be a caller. Here she comes. I was just really pressed on my heart as if they come forward, if those that are close to them could just put their hands on their shoulders. And if you're at your seat, just stretch out your hands right now and just let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this couple. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, for their servant hearts, their leadership. Lord God, for, for what they have brought to this community, what they brought to this region, what they've brought, Father God, to this church. And Lord, I just pray as we speak today about the anointing, the mission, the purpose, the calling, I pray, Lord God, that through all of the, the uh, chaos and the craziness and the, of the calling, I thank you for their obedience. I thank you that they said yes. And I thank you, Lord God, they are leading your church with such integrity and faith and leadership. I pray a special blessing on them. I pray you continue, Lord God, to walk before them. And Lord, we will be so careful to give you all the glory, all the praise of everything you're doing through their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A few folks have asked me, Steve, what's, you know, what is it, how's it feel to come back? And like I said, I don't really feel like we ever left because this is home. This is where we grew up. This is where we lived. God's moved us around the country and actually outside of the country on occasion uh, for a few things that he's called us to. But I want to remind you that this is, this is God's church and he has done a work on this church. And people have asked, Steve, what's, is he, you know, do you come back and what do you think your legacy is? And I'm like, first of all, I know I'm getting old, but I don't even like to hear that word, <laughs> legacy. But I love the way uh, Dick Foth, Pastor Dick Foth says it. He says, the le- our legacy is not what we do. Our legacy is something that people are doing today that has our fingerprints on it. Not what we do, but what our thing. And I'm going to challenge all of us at the end of this message. I'm going to challenge us to say, Lord, what, what are my fingerprints on? And what are, what are you going to do as we grow and, and continue? So the interesting thing is, this is, um, you'll laugh, but this is a four, four and a half year old three-part series. So the, you have no reason to know this or probably even care, but... The first two parts of this message, when God called us to, to move on, and it was the end of June of 20, 2005, and the, the, the last two Sundays of June, were, we had worked with the leadership to call our transition messages. And the first message was about obedience and blessing. You can even find it somewhere in an archives that nobody looks at, and the title of the message would be Obedience and blessing. The second message was the faith to move forward. It was the last message that we preached. And today, what God's put on my heart is being anointed for his mission. So this is a part three that's had probably too much time to be thought about. 
The funny thing is, and you might find this funny, you'll probably find it troubling, is I actually preached the first two messages in this building. And you say, wait a minute, that was June, really didn't move in until, how did all that work? Well, again, hopefully it was God. I, heard, I felt I heard God say, Steve, preach this message where the church is going to be. So on a Saturday, with no one in here, I found a way to turn on some lights. The chairs were in boxes. Speakers and things were all over the place. But I literally preached the first message with no one in here. It was amazing. You would have just been crushed with the power of the Holy Spirit that poured out. I mean, you can't believe what was happening. It was an amazing. And if that wasn't enough, I decided to do it again. But I didn't do both services. That would have been really weird. The f- <laughs> really troubling. The... Um, the second Saturday, Barb, my wife, must have found out because she, was, she sat or stood or I found a chair for her and I think she sat right there. And she stayed awake. It was a, I thought that was an okay service. But I felt God, I felt God, this might sound crazy, but I felt God put this message today on my heart literally four and a half years ago. And some parts of it have changed, but it's exactly what he called me to speak about. And it's because this church is anointed for the mission that it's doing today. This church is, God has a, a, an incredible calling on this church. And it started, as Pastor TJ said, over 20 years ago. And I want two objectives for today. I already asked you, letting you know what I'm going to challenge you with at the end. But I really want you to understand a little bit about the powerful anointing that's on this church by taking you through some very light, history sounds odd, but sort of some light testimony, it sounds better, some light testimony of what God did over 20 years ago, and it really tees up what exactly, to a T, what God is doing today. So it was about, it was December 29th and 30th, of 2004 so it'll technically be 20 years this December where and this group continued to grow but this initial group of four couples and eight children gathered in a little townhouse in Sussex County for three days and we just there was no real plans of what to do there was no real plans of but we just had a stirring in our hearts that God was doing something and he was calling us to do something and in that short long weekend whatever you want to call it God for the first time as a body of believers put an anointing on these families and these children that is just continuing to explode even here today and everything that God has called this church to do from that time till now and and even going forward so much of it God laid on our heart. This incredible time of prayer and fasting that God has you going through right now. You watch. It's just so cool. There are things happening in this church today that we prayed and fasted over 20 years ago. I mean that. And there was an anointing on that. And all the core aspects of ministry, whether it be uh, the, the, our, the prayer and fasting aspect or the missions or, or, or children all the things that God called us to do were laid at our feet during that time. And that's why it's such an incredible 
situation to, to, for me to come back, for us to come back and just see all God is doing. But with what you see God doing with children and what you see with God, the, the passion for youth, I'll talk about this in a second, but even, even this idea of a Saturday night service, knowing this community, knowing the background, knowing the, um, the demographic, if you will, that these are all things God put on our heart. And what I want you to, to understand about this is that this little group of, of people, that, that could have been four other people. It wasn't anything special about the group. But the point is God anointed in that little townhouse for for days in a a way that is just still pouring through pouring through this community so i pray that this morning in the next few minutes god challenges you but you see the roots the roots of this ministry you've all had it preached to you before where if the roots aren't strong if the foundation isn't strong then then whatever's on top of it will wobble. Well, I can promise you there is an anointed foundation in this church. The mission's anointed. You're anointed through God. So I'm going to jump right into it. The first point that I want to make out of this message or go over is that his anointing gives us boldness and courage. Boldness and courage. You can't preach this topic without going to Joshua 1. And you can't help but look at, at the, the book of Joshua and the transitions that were happening throughout, all out, not just between Moses and Joshua, and, and, ta- and, and look at an anointed mission. For a group of people who had, had, had been blessed and through all kinds of ups and downs, now one of the, the biggest transitions was taking place. And look at the words. If you look with me in Joshua chapter 1, Verses 6 through 9. We kind of know the setting. If not, real quick, Moses has died. And he had been leading this nation for many years. And now Joshua is, is, is ready to step up and lead this, this, this nation. And God literally speaks these words to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to give their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? One more time. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I can only imagine for Joshua what's going on in his heart. What's going on in his mind. To be thrust into this situation. And the boldness and courage that he needed. But he had, he had heard from the Lord. He knew the mission was anointed. And that's what God has for this church. When, when we think about the start of this church 
And I, I believe there's the parallels between the start of this church and where God's taken it over the years and where God is taking it. it it's, it's, they're just dots. God just keeps connecting incredible dots of anointing all throughout the ministry of this church. But the, it took boldness and courage to start this church. I would love to say that this community welcomed us and every other church in the area said, great, start another church. That's exactly what we're looking for. How can we help? But it doesn't work that way all the time. And these aren't bad people. This isn't a mean spirit. There was just, there was not everybody thought it was a great idea. And even personally, uh, the changes that we had to make in our life, in our lives, to we had been blessed to have a, a tremendous career for 23 years, and God had us in a season of life where Barb could stay home. You know, we were dreaming about all kinds of crazy schools for the children, and the courage and boldness as a husband it took for me to go to her and say, "Hey, you know that job I have? I think we're going to leave it. You know that job you don't have? <laughs> that might change." You know, these great schools we're looking at for the girls. Um, I think these public schools are really good. But, and I don't say that in an all way. We could not have been blessed more during our 14 years uh, as pastors here. So that's not, the point is, people thought we were a little crazy. I think people still think we're crazy. But, but God, it, it, it was a boldness and a courage. And it wasn't just us because there were so many people that came around and lifted our hands up and, and, and helped us and, and gave us that boldness and encouraged. None of this, none of this testimony or history or next steps or dots that I'm talking about, please, these aren't just us. There's incredible, from the beginning, God has continued to bring incredible leaders and, and men and women and young people who love the Lord and, and love to serve him. But it took a lot of boldness and it took a lot of courage. The, I mentioned the Saturday night or you heard from your leadership about the opportunity for Saturday night. That takes tremendous boldness and courage. And it takes, because to open up another service to start a program like that. As I said before, this community is built for that. I'm, th when I heard that a few months back, it was one of the things I'm like, yep, saw that coming, praise God. Because God gave us that. But I'll, I'll throw this in before I close because I'm going to challenge people at the end. If God's called you here or you're online and you love being here on Sundays and maybe you say, you know, our Saturdays are pretty light. And after you've slept late and after you've done what you do, pray about serving on that Saturday night service. This community, I, I guarantee this community is just going to blow up with that because it's something that this region is so looking for. Boldness and courage, you're sitting on, possibly in my entire life, with the exception of some maybe family things, you're, you're sitting on, to me, sitting in the best example of boldness and courage that I can ever think of. What God, the boldness and courage it gave us, the leadership of this church to build on this property. It was a five-year journey. And we had, God had called us a few years before that to purchase the well. We were meeting in a beautiful Christian school. Had no reason for a sanctuary because where we were meeting was gorgeous. 
And we, we had bought the well, and here it was maybe a year, two, three years later, when we started to work on this property. And every, again, everything during that five-year journey, we hit so many obstacles, whether it was Newcastle County issues. Uh, again, they, they supported us with St. Mary's, but the Catholic Diocese had questions. The Historic Review Board had questions. The folks in land use had questions. The Department of Transportation had questions. Everybody had re- the, the great families, but the, the Coffee Run community was kind of curious what we would do with this. Other developments, other people that had a lot more money than us tried to stand in the way of what God wanted to do here. But guess what? God gave this church the courage and the boldness, a Joshua-style courage and boldness to make this happen. And I pray that, that you understand, and with this anointing does come some pressure to accelerate all God's doing and to say, Lord, here I am. Natalie said it during worship. Say yes. Leverage that boldness and courage and say yes to him. Maybe, you're, maybe you took a little boldness and courage to come back. Maybe there's, you've been in a season or maybe you're visiting and you've been in a season where church hasn't been everything you thought it was supposed to be. But God gave you the courage and boldness to come back. Maybe you're watching online this morning. God gave you the courage and boldness to, to watch. Use what God is doing. Use the dots that God is connecting. So I pray this morning that as God, as you look at this text, that you will open up and say, God, you know, we're hearing you. We're doing what you've called us to do. The, a lot of times what we need courage and boldness from the Lord to do won't make sense to other people. It absolutely won't make sense. The math won't work. The timing won't work. The skill sets that you think you have won't work, won't match up. But get on your knees. Pray. Say, God, give me the boldness. Give me the courage to do like Joshua did. To do what you've called me to do. So the first thing we see when we're under being anointed for his mission is that his anointing gives us boldness and courage. The second point is that his anointing requires obedience. His anointing requires obedience. I always joke uh, that if I wrote a book, I don't think anybody would read it. And then every time I start to frame up something, I find a book that that already is written better. So I'm not going to write a book at this point. But if I wrote a book, I have a title. And that a title is obedience, is obedience is Messy. Obedience is Messy. Sometimes we do something, we're like, look, Lord, I obeyed you. Where's my reward? Where, you know, where's the, where's the, what I'm supposed to get for this? It's not how God works. That's not how God works in our lives. I feel strongly that God, he'll honor, he honors our sacrifice. I believe that with all my heart. But he demands our obedience. He demands it. And 
I love the story. It could be its own message. I just wanted to sort of strafe through Genesis 37 and talk about Joseph. Because a lot of times people look at the story of Joseph and they're like, you know, maybe he's a little overconfident, maybe he got a, a little above his skis and this and that, and his life goes through all these ups and downs. But I do really feel that much of what Joseph did in his life was because he was obedient. Look with me in the beginning. If you're familiar with the story, Joseph is one of his brothers, and his brothers come against him when he feels called to do a lot of things that don't feel right to them. And God takes Joseph on this crazy journey of life. And we're just going to hit the top and the end of the story and lay, lay this up against obedience. Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 through 7. It said, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We are binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. And that went over really well with his brothers. They're like, yeah, this is, that's a great dream. It was a, for them, it was a nightmare. And then they said, jumped into verse 19, they said, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. So he wasn't working too well with his brothers. Fast forward many, many years, and Joseph is in a position to really either take their lives or save them. And he tells them in Genesis 50, verses 19 and 20, he says, But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many, many lives. So in between that is probably a whole series you could do on obedience and and following the Lord. Um, But for Joseph, he was obedient and he was used by the Lord. What I can praise God for is that from the start to where we are now as a church, and I still say we because like I said, this is family. This church has been obedient to what God's called it to do. This church understands that obedience is a command of God. God calls us and and desires that obedience. The The leadership of this church has always been found first on its knees, praying and asking God, Lord, we hear your voice. We hear your call. We want to be used by you. This is an interesting point that I drew out of this text, and it takes a, a little maneuvering, but... The, when I look at Joseph's life, and he went through all kinds of things, there was people that he was close to, he was friends with. And this is something I think is really important to bring out. Um, obviously, he wasn't friends with his brothers in the beginning, but he was friends with Potiphar until Potiphar's wife got a little frisky with him. I'm sure that's even a word. Probably nobody knows what that word means. He was a friend with the cupbearer, and that friendship kind of went sideways. He had a friend in, with the warden. And then that kind of went sideways. And on and on through Joseph's crazy life, we saw God use friendships. One of the things I can promise you about this church, when it was 12 people, and this church, when it was hundreds of people, and when, when, as this church grows to thousands of people, God uses friendships for his glory. God uses friends. You know, friendships are great for going to dinner and tailgate parties and going on vacation with. But please, hear me on this. 
God puts together friendships and relationships and he anoints them to do his work. So as you grow, as this church continues to grow, maybe you're just started coming here. Maybe you're watching online and you're kind of like, eh, should I come visit in person? People will talk to me. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But with all, what my point with that is be open to the relationships God puts together in your life. And it doesn't work. Not everybody gets perfectly along together. But if you go through, read, when you get time, read this 37 to 50. Look at the way God used friendships, relationships in Joseph's life to, to, for him to demonstrate his obedience, for him to demonstrate who he was. Now, obedience is messy, and sometimes we push back. I, I don't stand here pretending that every time God said go, I jumped. And I'll pretend that every time, quite honestly, these slightly encouraging stories that are obedient, there was a time of pushing back. There was a time on, of, like Moses said to the Lord, you know, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. And the Lord yells it down to him. Look at what's in your hand. I think all of us have had look at what's in your hand moments like Moses had. Moments where we're like, okay, I see this, Lord. I see what you're calling me to do. And it's okay. The, the, um, the, the whole journey of this church, the journey of our lives running alongside of this church you know, in 2019, we sensed God calling us. We knew we were involved in a faith-based substance abuse organization. Didn't know we had an international ministry for us to help run for three or four years. God called us there. And that was another craziness where, where it required obedience and it required boldness and courage. God called us to spread organizations around the world, speak in 14 or 15 other countries in three, four years. And, but every time we would get on our knees and say, God, what are you calling us to do? What have you asked us to do that we're not ready, that we don't know about? I almost used, but you were coming off Christmas and I felt maybe everybody had already talked about uh, the Advent story with Mary. But if you look at the life of Mary, every piece of this message runs thread right through her life. Mary demonstrated incredible boldness and courage. She demonstrated... Uh, obedience for sure and the last point will come to now she was anointed by God for the chaos that's our third point look for God's anointing in the chaos a lot of people when it get when life gets chaotic they're like they run away or conversely they feel there's an anointing on them when life is really smooth when life is really good that's God's favor, and that's great. We pray for that. We rejoice in that. But please, hear me. Don't avoid, or let me say it a better way. I'll say it like the point says it. Maybe use that, Steve. Look for the anointing in the chaos. Real quickly, if you look at when Jesus was baptized, and we'll look at this very briefly, but remember John, in this text we're going to look at, John pushes back. And, for, and he thinks he's got a good reason to push back on baptizing Jesus. And in the Bible, usually when you see water churning, you'll, there's chaos. If you look in Scripture where there's, where there's water reference, there's something chaotic happening. But for Jesus, he knows he, he doesn't have to be baptized. He is God. But to do what he needed to do for us, for sin, he had to be baptized. 
Look with me, Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. You remember that happened with Noah when the flood was over and when God sent the dove. This same anointing in the chaos came upon Jesus. And when he comes out of that water, it's on. The, 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 the battle against sin, the, the, the white flag has just been dropped. They're ready to, it's, they're ready to go. And what I want you to look at this is, this is, to me, the, the most important part of the message this morning. And please hear me with this. Just because there's a season of chaos in your life, it doesn't mean God is working, isn't working. I can, for better or worse, I can promise you that every season of chaos in our lives, God has been glorified. When Barb and I first came together, I'm not saying that was chaos, but we, we came from very different backgrounds. Strong Irish Catholic family, strong Pentecostal family. And we had just started serving at Wilmington First Assembly, New City Church. And two, three months after we were married, the pastor at the time asked us to serve on the board. And I said, pastor, I said, my wife just gave her heart to the Lord. We're still kind of working out this Catholic thing. I'm... 27 years old we just literally got married and he says no let's see let's put it to a vote and see what the church does for some crazy reason people voted yes and um two months our second board meeting he announces he's leaving (laughs) so here i am and now we're interviewing pastors and a great man of god a friend of ours still to a few of us came into the into the church and really became our mentors but if i if I just started like a clock and pivoted at the, you know, 1989, uh, 2004 when we left AstraZeneca to start the church, uh, 2009 it was a great period of chaos, good chaos, because we worked through the decision as a church body to purchase the well. And again, that wasn't something that was like a, let's just automatically do that. That was like, well, why would we buy this when we should be saving money for a church? Do we really need a church? But there was chaos, but it was, that chaos brought up good thinking, good teaching, good experiences, good growth. And then obviously in 2019, when God had his transition, and I believe with all my heart that as God was working with Barb and I and leaning on a new mission for us, God was working on Pastor TJ and Robin for a new mission for them. And then for us, this beginning of this year, God, again, called us out of this international opportunities role and and back up into the Northeast. 
And now we're working for a faith-based organization called Ascend Ministries. It's sort of a split up, grow up, blow up of Teen Challenge. And we're, we've ministered to two or 3,000 people last year. And now I've, I find, I, in the chaos, I find ourselves now on every Tuesday walking the streets of Kensington, an open drug market, and asking God, you know, we're working with police, other churches, we're working with the fire department, we're working with other drug diversion programs. And I don't know. There's chaos, I can promise you. Kensington Avenue is chaotic. But I don't say that to say anything other than, please, don't run from the chaos. Dig in and say, okay, God, you've got something for me here. Because that's where God moves and, and hope opens up everything. I, 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 know there, I know the spirit in this church. I know that God has an incredible plan. And I'm asking you to lean into that chaos. Um, look, for example, in your Bible time, however you're going, walking through the Bible, read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. You want to talk about a book of chaos. The, the whole book, every chapter, there's a new chaos, chaotic situation. But look at what God's doing in that book. Look at what God has done in that time. And I pray, again, if you're here today, and maybe there's chaos in your family, maybe there's chaos in, in, in your work, maybe there's chaos wherever, don't run from it. Get on your knees. This time of prayer and fasting, again, this is a, a core. I didn't even know people did this when God told us 20 years ago to do it. Now it's become its own thing. Thanks to, yes, to Jensen Franklin. But do press in. Do seek God for what he has to call, has called you to do. I'm going to close in just a second. But as I asked you, as we're working through this, where, where is God asking you to be bold and courageous? Look around. Pray. Maybe he's given you something to deal with something that you didn't know you had. Where do you need to be obedient? Man, times of prayer and fasting are, are built for a statement like that about obedience. And finally... Look for God's anointing in the chaos. The last point isn't a point, but a question. What has God anointed you to do? Psalms, I don't even have it, I didn't even send it to the team, but Psalms 139, 13 through 16. For you created me my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That statement is for each and every one of us this morning. God knew you. God created you for a mission. God created you to do something that will glorify Him. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning.
at the beginning of this message, I gave you the, the Dick Soth quote about legacy. That our legacy is what we've helped with, maybe. I'll, I'll paraphrase him if I can. And, but because we were involved with something, our fingerprints are on it. I praise God for the privilege of being involved with this church. And I thank God that we, might, that we have a couple fingerprints on some things. But if, if they weren't being used by you, you, or you today, it wouldn't matter at all. It would just been something that got done for God's glory, we hope. But I'm going to pray in just a second. But I really want you and your spirit to hear this question. Who and what has your fingerprints on it? Who, because they go to glory in heaven, is going to have your fingerprints on them because you witnessed to them or you told them about Jesus? What little young person's parent that you prayed with in during church is going to have your fingerprints on it someday? I don't like the word legacy. I love the word fingerprints. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for this incredible church. I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for the privilege of standing here today, finishing this series. I praise you and thank you for the leadership of this church, for their courage, for their boldness, that they understand obedience that they're not scared of the chaos I pray for each person who sees me or hears my voice that you will almost convict them Lord to make sure that their fingerprints are found in a way or on someone that glorifies you that's why this church was started to glorify you and change a community for Jesus Christ. I pray that over this incredible church in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.